headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the Fine Print Podcast on Ramsey Networks, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it and going to start off this hour in austin woo i better put that right jumping around here and there she is ann is in austin texas to start off this hour hey ann how are you i'm doing fine thank you cool so i see on my screen that george challenged you to do something what have we gotten ourselves into here well, I had a credit card question, and I knew he was going to chew me out for using them. But I, I, didn't I chew it was you a question out. that did he? Did he really? Did he really chew you no, out? I'm not capable. <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Well, he gave me he gave me a good lecture. He gave you stern warning. I knew he warning. was going to do yeah. that. Okay. But it was but it was like something that had bugged me. I don't remember even what it was now, but he was kind enough to take some extra time with me and give me a challenge to try to live a month without them. And you did it. And Well, I did it because he asked me to. I didn't do it because I was convinced it would work. Ah, but, but you're willing to, <laughs> yeah. to play along. Okay, so you well, went a month nice with yet. no credit card use. I, I take it you used a debit card. No, no, I used cash, and I ordered a, a debit card. Oh, cool. Okay. So no plastic transactions for a month. Yes. Wow, and I'm impressed. Survived. That's hardcore. Okay. So tell us about it. What happened? Well, what happened was I, I was a little bit scared, actually, because I realized I was going to have to pay for my credit cards that I'd used last month and take care of my expenses for this month all at one time. Mm. And I go, hmm, well, this may be interesting. And you know what happened? I got this little feeling or something. I don't know whether, I don't know what it was, but I just felt this wind between, under my wings, and I went, I can do this. I could do it. So I decided I was going to do it, and I was going to do it right. Okay. So, yeah. So I took the, I just, I just, <laughs> I just jumped into it right away. And you know what? The strangest things happened. First of all, when I went to the grocery store, I didn't look left or right because I know these are professional people that are trying to distract me. That's right. And I'm not a professional in this area, so I need to not be tempted. And I also gave myself 10 minutes to be in the grocery store and out. Wow, because you were using your own money. You got it. And you have to peel it off like you're, like you're bleeding or something to give it to them. Or you can just flash them a card. When you hand it over that cash, it hurt. Because you, you it left not with only less hurt, but it surprised cash. me. It was even better than that. When I gave her the money, she gave me change. And you're like, I forgot that you can get change. <laughs> it just changed. I had it in my hand. I go, what do I do with this? 
Wow. It was it was So you, you spent less money. My, You're telling us that you spent less money because you used cash. If you don't put anything in your buggy, buggy you don't have much to pay for. What a concept. <laughs> so you're saying when you use a credit card, it was like supermarket sweep. You were just filling up that card as fast as you could, and it felt like you were getting it all for free. And I was doing a good job, too. <laughs> oh, and you're yeah. hilarious. Well, thank you for humoring us and doing this experiment. So has it changed? are you going to go back to credit cards? <laughs> well, my dog had to go to the vet this month, and I hadn't expected that, that bill. And I, I was I was a little bit concerned, but I paid for it out of the change that was in my purse now. I'd gotten a focus that I hadn't had for a long time. So did you keep had, track, Anne, of how much you saved by using cash, using your own money? I didn't have time. I was putting money in my purse so often. I didn't have time to keep the records, but I can now. Oh, that's... That's an awesome experiment. So it sounds like you've realized the power of using your own money, of using cash. It, you make decisions differently. That was my whole point with you doing this experiment. Exactly. I, I understood it, and I appreciate the fact that I know you can't give a, a challenge to everyone, not individually, but I appreciate that you did it for me. You did exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. I love Thank that, Ann. Thank you for the call. That is so cool. I hope all of America takes the challenge. One month without credit cards and see how it changes the way that you spend. But she actually went further than you asked her to. Yeah. You, you said get a debit card, and she hadn't even gotten it yet. So she does a pure cash month, no plastic at Which all. Which is the best. I mean, that'll really make you feel yeah, the pain. Yeah, I mean, you want to get pissed off about filling up your car? Try walking all the way into the market and laying down Uncle Benjamin Franklin a couple of times after you paid it off. Now you're really getting political. That'll get you political right there. That'll get you angry. Calling your senators after that one. Angry. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Dave, you've been dealing with this for 30 years now. This whole argument of you spend more on a credit card, you make decisions differently when you use other people's money, and it affects you negatively for your financial future. Yeah, the, there's tons of studies that show that the pain centers of the brain are activated when you spend cash. It, it literally hurts. Mm. And when you spend with a card even a debit card it's just like no brain activity no brain but no brain activity right so uh but the you know no that's all kidding aside there there's you know total day and rachel brought us something many many years ago and i hadn't ever thought about it even though i'd been teaching by then this whole idea for decades when when you're a kid and you have a toy and your friend wants a toy and you trade you give him your toy and there's a, there's a visual transaction. I hand you one, you hand it back. You hand me yours, right? With a purchase, you're taking something, and you give them your money. And they keep your money, and you keep their thing. Just like a trade. It's greenbacks for stuff. You see a trade. When you are purchasing something with plastic, you take their stuff, hand them your plastic, and they hand it back to you. You leave with both things. So now, that, seems, that seems a little bit childish when you think about it. But you know what? There's no trade. There's no transaction here because I'm getting both things, the thing I came for and the thing I came in with. Yeah. I leave with the plastic and the thing. When I use money, I don't leave with the money. Yeah. I just leave with the thing. 
And there's something visually that happens inside of our brains there that affects our emotions, affects our spirit, and it lowers the fact that we realize we just spent money. I think that's what's happening in Congress. Oh, my goodness, yes. And it's really hard to go into debt when you don't have the option to because your bank account said empty. But it's easy when you've got the lenders going, we'll happily give you as much money as you'd like. Card denied when you have a debit card typically means you don't have the money. It's a whole idea. This is The Ramsey Show. You've got a lot on your plate. A job, your home, your marriage, and your growing family. While you're enjoying the present, you can't help but think about your future and your finances. As you explore your options, consider Christian Healthcare Ministries, or CHM, for your health care. Their generous maternity program and budget-friendly monthly programs have been a blessing to members welcoming children into their families. Visit chministries.org budget to see if it's right for you. Christian Healthcare Ministries is a Ramsey Trusted provider. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. Open phones at 888 825 We get it, folks. When you're worried about money, it's overwhelming. It's all-consuming. Money worries are some of the worst forms of anxiety that Dr. John Deloney deals with. Um, If you don't have enough to pay your bills, you get that little sweat in your palms and right above your lip and right above your eyes and always in your checkbook. It's always on your mind. But you shouldn't have to live with that kind of stress. You work too hard to live like that. And good news is you don't have to. If you follow a proven plan, you'll discover peace with your money. That's why we call it Financial Peace University, and we'll show you the same plan that's helped almost 10 million people learn how to get on a budget, save, get out of debt, spend wisely, build wealth, be outrageously generous, in short, how to handle money right. And it's a great time to take the course. We just updated a ton of the content. It's Rachel Cruz, me, and new stuff with George Camel and Dr. John Deloney. Yeah, the course is the best it's ever been right now. So decide decide today that you are done letting money stress rule your life. Listen, I can't make inflation go away, and I can't fix recessions, but I can show you how to weather the storm. I can show you how to prosper in good times and in bad times. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash FPU, RamseySolutions.com, FPU, Financial Peace University. Bridget's in Midland, Texas. Hi, Bridget. How are you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so I was wondering if I should take out a mortgage and buy a house or um, continue working and save up um, and just pay, pay cash for a house. My ultimate goal is to go to CRNA school, which is a three-year program, and um, I, I'm not able to work during that time because it's a very rigid program. And uh, so here are my numbers. Um, I'm single with no kids. I'm 27 years old. I, I'm an RN, and I travel for work. I have an income of, so far, because my, my income varies uh, depending on the contract that I have. So right now, um, so far, I have uh, 
137,000 so far. Uh, my emergency fund is is uh, already done. It's, I have it there. Um, I'm debt free. I have no student loans, no car loans. I just have my rent plus my bills. How much I is have your rent? A thousand and one hundred. And CRNA schools, how long? Two years. Three years. Three years. And what's it cost a year? Um, I was looking it up, and it said a total of um, one hundred thousand. A total. At mm-hmm. one particular school. Yeah, this is in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one hundred thousand in tuition and books, or does that include living expenses? Uh, with living expenses as well. Really. You only need $100,000 mm-hmm. and you make 137 and you're single? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my savings is um, $84,000. I mean, $84,000. Yeah, um, you have $84,000 already I, saved? Yes. Wow. Okay, so what's the deal? Go to school. I mean, you work six more well, months and then go to school. What does the house have to do with this? Because um, uh, I don't want to go to school yet. I'm still, because I'm raising my little brother and he's still in school, so I have to wait for him to get um, to go to college, which should be in about seven years. So in the meantime, I'm taking care of him, and um, I just want to buy a house and you know build equity. And with the money that I have, I don't have to get take out loans. And because um, my ultimate goal is to sell this house, live in Houston, and not having to pay rent, just the bills. And with whatever money left I have, just pay, you know, bills and tuition and all of that. So this is a 10-year journey? You said seven more years plus three? Stop, stop a second. Your little brother is seven years old? No, he's 12. He's 12. So seven more years he'll Mm -hmm. be gone, you're saying, okay. Right, yeah. Man, you're amazing. You took on the raising of your little brother. What happened to your parents? Um, there, my dad is just not in the picture and our mom passed away, um, about five years ago. Man, you're amazing. Okay. So who takes mm-hmm. care of your little brother now? He goes to school during the day mm-hmm. and you have, like after travel, school, you have like after school care? Uh, no, my sister has been helping me out with him when I travel, um, and go on my contracts. And then when I come back, I, how long uh, are you on a contract? Uh, it depends. So when COVID was at its peak, I was doing like eight week contracts. Yeah. Uh, what, what, contracts. Where is your sister in Midland as well? Yes, we live together. So that's why my my rent is a little high because I rent a three bedroom. Yeah. What does your sister do for a living? Um, right now she just got separated from her baby daddy, and um, so she's just helping with raising the kids because she's got three kids on her own. Um, she's about to go to school full time this upcoming fall. And um, that's where we're at right now. How old is she? And she's 23. So you're the mama of this whole bunch, aren't you? Yeah. Um, you know what would work? Since you're, com- since you're committed to this plan, load up the mm-hmm. whole bunch and go to Houston now. And take everybody? Yeah. And... and you know, well, within six months, you don't do it right now. Uh, your sister's mm-hmm. not working, so right. she can land where you tell her to if you're taking care of her, right. too. And she's mm-hmm. going to start school. Well, she can start school in Houston as easy as she can in Midland. If Houston's where you can get your CRNA. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can save up enough to take care of 
you're saying that the hundred thousand will cover your living expenses, including your rent, right? Well, my rent will be paid off. I was thinking, you know, with no, you're not going to pay off the house savings. and go to CRNA. You don't have the money. Mm-hmm. You only got a hundred thousand. You need a hundred thousand right. for school. That leaves zip for a, a house. Do you own the house you're in? No, I rent. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I'm trying to keep you from having to put your life on hold for the responsibility that you took on for your brother and your sister. And that's kind of why I'm thinking I'm taking them all to Houston. Sister can take care of her kids and little brother while you go to school. In return, you help mm-hmm. support them and take care of them, which is what you've done. And you could execute that next spring. Next spring? Yeah. I mean, because you can probably save another fifty grand by spring, can't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. And then the house gets And that way it's not a seven-year plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you were this boy's mama, you would not put your life on hold as his mama. And you're playing mama now. You've taken over the care of him. You would go ahead and figure out a way to go to school, and you'd take him with you and go to school. And the only thing is, who's taking care of him now? Sister, well, you're taking care of her. So that's a fair trade. She can just load up and go with you. I'm going to save another 50 grand or more by next spring, and then I'm going to school and take them all with you. They don't really have a say in the matter. You're the one taking care of everybody. They're going to go where you tell them to. They're under your roof. And I would put the the house on pause at that point, and let's get through school. Yeah, you don't need to buy a house. You need to go to school. Because that's going to increase your income as well, which is only going to help yeah. later on with the house purchase. Yeah. And then when you finish school in three years and your sister has finished school in three years and she can get out on her own, become sustainable, your little brother will almost be there. And then we can start talking about buying a house at that point. And I don't know what will happen in your personal life during that period of time either. Uh, hopefully your entire personal life won't be on hold you're an amazing young woman you've taken on a tremendous responsibility with a big heart thank you for doing that yeah uh thank you for being that kind of person that little boy has a hero in his life and it's his older sister and so uh however i think there's a way you can manipulate these facts tactically to not have to put your life on hold for seven years i think i think we just you know we do what we all do with our kids we drag them through the adventure they go along for the adventure. That's how the kiddo thing works. And, um, yeah, I think I would. Wow, what an interesting situation and what a beautiful woman. Yeah. Man, I mean. It's impressive. She's making bank. She's working her tail off. Taking care of the family. Everybody can depend on her because she's that kind of gal. Way to go, Bridget. This is The Ramsey Show. visit Ramsey Solutions if you're in the Nashville area. We've got a huge lobby and visitor center, free coffee, free homemade chocolate chip cookies that are from the devil. And um, their temptation is unbelievable. 
And keep uh, blaming the devil, Dave. Yeah, well, you got to blame somebody. You can't blame myself because I must be a victim of something. So, uh, like my own sweet tooth or something. George Camel, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. We do the show every day from one to four central. And you can come and watch us do the show. I'm not sure exactly why that's exciting, but people do it all the time. And it's free, so you, can, you can't really argue about the price. And in that lobby is a debt-free stage that Michael and Julie are on. Hey, guys, how are you? We're good, Dave. How are you? Welcome. Where do you all live? We live in Estacada, Oregon. It's outside of uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. That's a bit of a haul to Nashville. How much debt have you paid off? We paid off $136,397. Way to go. How long did this take? Uh, two years, eight months. All right. And what was your range of income during that we, two years and eight months? We started out at 172, went up to 264, and then down to 257. Cool. What do y'all do for a living? So I retired out of the Department of Homeland Security in Portland uh, wow. a year ago. I was at the writing. Wow. And uh, since we own a medical clinic together, I'm now the medical administrator, and Julie is the medical director. Oh, cool. very cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm a family nurse practitioner, medical director of an integrative primary care clinic. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Sharp wow. couple. Good, good, good. Well, welcome. What kind of debt was the 136000 Oh, Dave, we had a little bit of everything. We started out with a, a, um, a retirement loan. We had a addition loan. We bought a home. It was probably way over what we should have done. We had two lines of credit to keep our business open. Um, we had a parent plus loan. We had a second mortgage. And we had two credit cards for Alaska. My Lord, y'all were normal. Wow. It was a you lot. You were completely normal. Oh, my gosh. And you paid every bit of that off. Yes. Including your house? No. Oh, everything but the house. Okay. Everything but the house. Good. Wow. Good. Two years and eight months. That's pretty intense. It was a lot, Dave. We, when we started two years, eight months ago, we had a uh, met with a lawyer whether we should close on the business and go bankrupt. Wow. So. And you turned it completely around. Yeah, now the business is worth 300000 <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I <laughs> way to go, you guys. Okay, so we're trying to figure out if this thing's belly up. You retire, jump in with both feet, and, of course, Julie's already got the thing running. You kick it in the tail, make it go. Yes. And you made some serious money. Yes. During that time, uh, which is great. You turned the business around. But in, a, in the midst of that, you also say we're getting out of debt because we don't want to be here again. No, never. We, so what we, initiated that part of this journey? Dave, we were Davish. We'd done it once before, 2009, and then we've, I'm addicted to debt. <laughs> so I've, we've started bad habits again. And so, Julie, it really is his fault. Yes. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the belief that, you know, I always paid my bills, um, but I never really knew how to save. Mm. And so when we hit an uh, issue with the business, um, a, a contract pulled out with the state, mm. and I lost about 50% of our income. So Ooh. I had a lot of hard conversations with the medical providers mm. and um, with our family, too. Um, so a lot of humility and surrender. So. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. That's a hard That's a hard. Uh, corner to turn and uh, the fact that you did it, it there, there's a lot of stress in the last two years yeah. yeah what were those sacrifices like you guys made where you decided we're not going to be in this position again well we we met with a ramsey certified coach um really encouraged me a eager off mm-hmm. to you yeah we had joined fpo but uh <laughs> we started uh our debt free journey we got a thousand dollars and immediately the transmission went out on our vw of course and then uh, at the very end of it, uh, the transmission went out on my 88 Chevy. 
Your 88 Chevy. Chevy. <laughs> still driving it. I guess it was about time. Yeah. Yep. And it's still going. It. Yep. That, that car right there is a classic, man. Yeah. I love it. A two-tone 88 pickup. Yep. Man, that's a beast. I love it. Well, I'm sorry it didn't live. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's back up running. It's got a new engine, new transmission. Oh, you fixed it, it all up. It kept it alive. Yep, it will not die. Wow, this is awesome. A second life. The zombie truck lives. <laughs> wow. Well, it's cheaper than buying a oh, truck yeah. now. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, anything's cheaper than buying we're still working it. on our, um, what is it, the three months of savings. Yeah. yeah. So we're almost there. And yeah. And we're, we're aiming to pay off the house in the next five to six years. Wow. And you'll have $100,000 in retained earnings sitting over in the business one of these days. So yes. if you ever hit another little bump, it won't, it won't be a bump. It won't tank you. Yeah, liquid cash there, too, of course. Way to go, you guys. <laughs> Thank Impressive. you. How's it feel? Um, I still feel like an avalanche is behind me, mm. but um, I have a lot more tools now. And um, humi- I said humility and just keeping our sights on our goals and... Um, leaning into our relationships with God. So. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Dave. Amen. And you went through a lot with your career change as well, because, like you said, you were in the middle of all the protests and the the violence and everything else, and you step aside from that and walk into a whole different kind of violence. Yep. And then, uh, fifteen thousand clinics like ours closed during the pandemic. Whew. So we kept it open, and I credit Julie for that. Man. Yeah. So I feel stronger about leading the clinic than I ever have before. Uh, and so we went from bankruptcy card given to us to, um, was it 300,000 net worth millionaires? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> wow. I mean, that occurred to us in February as we we're coming into paying this off. It's like, we looked at our assets and we went, oh my gosh. Look at that. Who knew? Yeah. We thought we were just surviving and here we ended up, <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you do something like this. So well done, y'all. Proud of you guys. Very well played. What a turnaround. All right, what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Uh, yeah, keep your sights on the goal uh, and change, work hard. <laughs> change your mindset. You can do it. Um, we're proof. You know, I'm 53. Uh, Julie's 52. So if we're going to do it at our stage, um, do it earlier. I'd really recommend that. Yeah. We could have done this a lot sooner. Yeah, I hear you. But well, we have hope for the future now yeah. in our retirement. Good. Good. That's why we're here. I'm glad we helped. Good Thank for you. y'all. Well done. You're heroes. Excellent, excellent job. Got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you because you've just become one. There you go. Thank you. And a copy of Total Money Makeover for you to give away to somebody who's scared and struggling like you were. Get show them a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And a, uh, a one-year membership to Financial Peace University with the new videos with George and Dr. John Deloney and Rachel Cruz and me. Best F- FPU we've ever done right now out there. So uh, get you signed up for every bit of that. Congratulations, you two. Very, very proud of you. You're amazing. Thank you. That's quite a journey you've been on. Wow. Quite a lot of tra- life transition. I mean, just yeah. one thing after another, like, boom, boom, boom. Kept their getting marriage, their business, everything got turned yeah. around. Amazing. Very well done. Michael and Julie, Portland, Oregon, 136000 paid off in two years, eight months, making 172, 264 to 257. Count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. Three, Three two, two one we're debt free (laughs) i love it that is fabulous man that's very well done very very well done if you were dave ish it's not too late to go all in well a ramsey ish ish on a program that works it's not anything to do with me but the um 
I kind of resist that Dave-ish thing, but Ramsey-ish I'll go with because that's our what we all teach here, right? And uh, the point is is that uh, the nuances, the detail of the stuff we teach you, if you'll submit to every one of those and do them, the reason those items are there in the baby steps and, and the little things around it, like work with your spouse, like combine your finances, don't try to do like roommate thing and all that stuff. When you do all those things together, you get rid of your whole life policy. It's not a baby step, but you get your term insurance in place, get rid of that ripoff stuff. You know, you, you keep doing all the different little things. It changes everything. And these guys right here, man, what what is hard to uh, listen to in three or four minutes here is with what he went through with his career facing all the violence and everything else and then they finan- they face this financial violence with the state pulling a contract out and almost losing their business and then the two of them come together and he's driving this 88 car i mean this is these are people that have walked through stress so deep you could smell it i mean mm. it's unbelievable and they still killed it very Inspiring. very they're warriors man absolutely very strong very strong this is the ramsey show The personality is my co-host today. Our question of the day comes from blinds.com. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, new promos all the time. It's a great American company. Check them out. Blinds.com. Today's question comes from James in California. He says, Dave, out of curiosity, specifically, how did you make your first million after your bankruptcy. Hmm. It's a good qu- I don't even know the story. I'm not sure I do. Take I'll us to, back I'll there, have Dave. to think about it. So this was back in 88? So I filed bankruptcy in September of 88. And what I did after that was I went back to doing real estate deals. Only I couldn't uh, buy real estate anymore because I had no credit and no money. So no one and would so lend you money. what I would do is tie up a deal and then sell the contract to another investor that used to be a competitor of mine, but we're friends. And so I did, you know, uh, what you might call a dry flip. In other words, I would sell the contract positions. So I'd go contract for a, a house that's worth 200000 I would contract for it for 110 and sell it to a buddy of mine for 10000 bucks, and he could close on it. He'd have 120 in it, right? It's still $200,000 house. So I was still doing foreclosure deals. I got back to doing six figures in 89. Again, I was back making over 100000 a year doing that. But I had a bunch of IRS debt to clean up because that doesn't bankrupt and a few other things to clean up. And it took about a year and a half, two years to clean that up. So I'm trying to think. I kept doing that. Um, I'm trying to think if I got my net worth to a million again before we started doing financial peace. I might not have. So had you started this business? Actually, actually starting this business slowed that down. Because I made less the first year, I did the I did financial peace. It was called Life After Debt, and I was doing the radio show. The radio show I was losing money. Um, 
So you were paying my, to my do the radio show. My taxable income was in half. The first, I made 120000 a year before. I made 60000 a year after. Wow. First year I opened this business. It, my income went in half. So that slowed it down. So it would have been a couple of years after I got this going. Uh, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of income out of this. Income came on back up over time, of course. Because you started and, selling the original Financial Peace book, and you were doing seminars and, you know, the 13, 15-week, however long it was, Yeah, but classes. We, Sharon and I lived on nothing. Even though we were out of debt by then, I mean, we'd paid off the bankruptcy, we'd paid off the uh, everything, we were completely clear, but we were just done. And so we just lived on nothing and just piled up money. And uh, because we wanted, both wanted the security of that margin. And so what are the, how did I make my first million? So uh, income and thrift is how I did it. So it was not in the stock market at that point? No, no. I mean, I, well, I had some... I had, uh, I mean, we had our 401k, not 401k, we had Roth IRAs. Not, they weren't even Roth IRAs in those days. Just IRAs? I had IRAs in those days going, kids' college funds going, um, and I'm just chunking money and stuff like that. And, and that um, didn't even have any real estate, except our own, got the house paid off. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was probably three or four years into this business before I hit another network. But it was mostly that. earned income from just It was mostly earned and income and, and not spending any of it. Yeah. None of it. I mean, we didn't do anything. We're wow. still driving drunk cars. We were still way past what we teach people to do. We teach you once you get to baby steps three, four, five, six, or four, five, six, that you can lighten up and save up and buy a car and lighten up, save up and go on vacation. We didn't. We didn't. We just piled up. At what point were the baby steps developed to where you were, you were f- following them? uh post-bankruptcy oh i didn't follow them uh post-bankruptcy because they did i hadn't invented them i mean i hadn't laid all that out when i started teaching when i started learning after the bankruptcy god's ways of handling money what the bible says and grandma's ways these basic principles live on less than you make always be generous live on a written plan um always be saving and investing and no debt at all and those basic five principles, when I started living those out and then I started trying to get other people to live them out, they would start to say, okay, yeah, but where do I start? They but, needed a, but, a clear I, path. I started a little counseling ministry at our church. And I started teaching a Sunday school class on those materials, and people would say, okay, so what do you do first, man? I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you, uh, you, do you get out of debt first or do you put money in your, in your retirement first? And, um, you know, but by then I was sure that the bigger blocker, because I'd experienced it personally, was debt that if you could get out of debt then you don't have any payments now you've got money to build net worth which is what happened to me yeah okay that's, uh, you know i got out of debt and with a bankruptcy and then paying off the irs and the other stuff um and then once all that was cleared as long as i made money and didn't spend it i could build net worth i could build i could build a pile of money and that's what i did and so i i thought okay we got to get people out of debt first but the paying off the house was too big a thing to put in the early stages the okay, first thing's a thousand dollars right and then pay off the house is the second thing so we separated the house debt from the other debt the and put debt. it at the end yeah over in baby step six and we knew that you didn't need to start investing in your 401k until you had an emergency fund because i was running into people all the time that had no money except in their retirement and then they'd get in a pinch and, and cash out their retirement mm. And let me tell you, a 401k is a lousy emergency fund because when you cash it out, you get your taxes plus a 10% hit. You know, it's a 30 or 40% hit cashing out your 401k to fix your transmission or to uh, pay the house payment because you got laid off. 
And, uh, you know, whatever the emergency is, a 401k is a lousy rainy day fund. So funding up the 401, but I get a match. I know, but you're broke. I don't care if you get a match. You're freaking broke, and you're going to use the 401k when something bad happens because you got no money. So we bet baby step three is invented. Actually, baby step one wasn't there. You were just going, get out of debt, get out of debt. It was get out of debt, do the emergency fund. And, and what would happen is as people were working that baby step two, something would come along that was little, like a, a, a tire would blow out or something, or uh, a kid would get sick, and it's a $600, $700 thing or something, and that little six or $700 thing would take all the wind out of their cells, and they quit. They would stop their debt snowball. So we figured out that if we gave them a little bit of breathing room, a starter emergency fund, and baby step one was born. But the original baby steps, when I first started teaching them, there wasn't a thousand. So this evolved over your experience coaching people, being on well, the radio. Well, not, not in twenty-five or years, but sure. I mean, but but it evolved over a period of time in the early days of massaging this material and learning how to do it. It evolved, but no, I didn't follow the baby steps. They weren't there. All I knew was I'd read the Bible and it said don't borrow money, and I've been bankrupt, so I figured out that was the truth, right? So I don't borrow money anymore. Bomb, I'm done, you know. And I always have an emergency fund. Why? Because Sharon will leave if I don't have one. You know, it's that simple. She's not going to be without money again. She's had enough of that. Nope. She was terrorized by that. Yeah, she's not going back. So you get, you know, you get the whole security gland issue around the emergency fund. That all pops up. That's such an interesting question, James. Thank yeah. you, in California. Thank you, you made Dave. Because I hadn't even thought about it. I never thought about where the first million came from. Um, and, and then, uh, I, and then, you know. Fast forward several years, I had a lot of money by then, and 2008 hit, and we bought, oh, man, we bought probably $100 million worth of real estate for $15 million. Wow. And so, and, you know, and and it all came back, of course, and then some. So that real estate has been a big part of the wealth building equation. Well, like the way beyond the first million or even 10 million, you know. By then, I had net worth $10, $20 million probably, but uh, I dumped every... you know we we cleaned the table off we took the chips off the table when the when the real estate dove in 2008 and you could buy it for 15 cents on the dollar and i still got all of that i never sold any of it so um whew, Pretty incredible. that was a home run but the first million is the hardest yeah by far wow by far and these principles once you got these baby steps dialed in and over time you went oh it works but you and know what from a baby steps i didn't i did not even follow the baby steps millionaires thing path because yeah. We were more intense than the baby steps in terms of we didn't do nothing until we got back up there. And um, the other thing I didn't do is I I did get the house paid off because I don't borrow money. Um, but the um, but the 401k did, hadn't had time to germinate. The Roth IRAs didn't have time to germinate and grow and compound. And so they weren't that big a part of it. It was just literally make income, spend nothing make income spend nothing until you get the pain far enough in the rearview mirror and then we can move forward but that was a whole lot more intense and raw than than i ask other people to do to get there baby steps millionaire is more the formula to get there so well thanks for taking us back very interesting thank you james that's good stuff this is the ramsey show Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.